Paging Dr. Seiler, Paging Dr. Seiler. If you're feeling run down, tired, exhausted by the daily drip, drip, drip of your life savings draining away, the Stock Doctor's Prescription may be right for you. The Stock Doctor's Prescription will give you the ease and peace of mind knowing that you're getting the best possible information. Do not use Stock Doctor's Prescription if you're allergic to Stock Doctor's Prescription or any of its ingredients, including but not limited to wisdom, research, critical thinking, thoughtful discourse, occasional fart jokes, drinking references, drum solos. Side effects of the Stock Doctor's Prescription may include unwieldy wealth deposits, previously unknown relatives, groupies, extended comfort in your retirement, and swelling. The Stock Doctor's Prescriptions are available at Walgreens, Apple iTunes, and everywhere the better podcasts are available. And right here, this is the Stock Doctor's Prescription. Everybody, welcome to the show, and it's good to be back. It is good to be back, and this show has dropped on Monday, August 1st, and here with me this afternoon, we have this Justin, Justin Kenny. we have Aaron Simonette, and our megalennial Miss Nikki Ward. Ladies and gentlemen, how are you guys doing today? Fantastic. Fantastic, and we are, uh, we, we're the show's dropping on Monday, August 1st, but it's being recorded. And I know, Justin, you're really good at about reminding me to let them know <laughs> that uh, it's being recorded on Thursday afternoon at around 3.35 p.m. Thursday, July 28th. Which is also a really exciting day. Really exciting day. It's good stuff today. Because coming up in a few minutes, we got very shocking earnings out of Apple and Amazon coming up in a few minutes. Not to mention Lee's just doing victory laps around the office because he no. called <laughs> that we were in a recession before it was cool. Okay. I just want to make sure that everybody understood. Yes. And the I I thought <laughs> here's what I said. Backpedaling. We'd have back two pedaling. consecutive yep. quarters. No, I said two consecutive quarters of negative GDP. Did say I that. truly yeah. don't feel that we're in our I, that's the technical definition, but I truly don't feel it doesn't feel like a recession. No. So let's let's just explain what happened. Uh, the Fed of course, uh, on Wednesday, which again, we're recording the show Thursday, but on Wednesday, the Fed came out of their two-day meeting and, as expected, raised the Fed funds rate by 75 basis points, which is three-quarters of 1%. And that now, the Fed funds rate now ranges between two and a quarter and two and a half percent. And the reason is it's a range because it does trade. It trades freely. So uh, that's that's what the Fed did. They telegraphed this a month ago. They said, here's what's likely going to happen uh, they are going to be data-driven going forward as well. They don't meet again until September. Thank goodness for that, because back-to-back, I mean, there was it was like information purgatory. Yeah, exactly. needed a break. So, mean, uh, meanwhile, the day the Fed raises rates, the market rallies hard and heavy. I mean, we're having a really good month of July. Of course, when we're airing this, we don't know where July ends yet. Right. But I can tell you this, that thus far, between we have one more trading day left in the month, the month of July has brought really nice gains on the S&P. It's, of course, the best month of the year. Uh, S&P up over 7%. The Dow up almost 6%. The NASDAQ up 10%. The Russell 2000, which is the small caps, up 9%. So we're seeing some really, really strong moves here, something that kind of we expected second half of the year. I was just going to – actually, I, I was just going to inquire. I want the stock doctor's take on this. I feel like we've had a pretty fantastic month. Sure. And I feel like it hasn't really been driven by a whole heck of a lot. I don't know that that I would attribute it to anything other than people just not letting the market fall anymore. Yeah, I think it's that earnings weren't horrible. 
I was going to say the My Millennial's opinion that you didn't ask for. I'm is, sorry. I'm so, you know what? No, you're your, fine. Your I'm teasing you. Every bit is important. It's that Aaron guy. I, I don't care about his. <laughs> he opinion. doesn't even have a cool nickname. It, hey, we'll listen to your opinion when I allow you to have one, Aaron. I think, though, that the reason why we've had kind of just a relief rally in July is because things haven't been as bad. terrible as anticipated or warned. It's lackluster, but not as rough as it could have been. But there was, there was talk that there was going to be tons and tons of cutting earnings forecasts. Corporate profit just fell through the floor. We, right. We've seen some. Guidance was going right. to go down. We've just nothing really exciting, though. Nothing is really... Yeah, they were talking about guidance coming down a lot, but there's there's a lot of companies that actually like improved their guidance a little mm-hmm. bit. It wasn't a lot, but it was an improvement, whereas everybody was expecting it all to be negative guidance going forward. So I guess that, that, that again, so that means it's not horrendous. Right. right. If and, it bleeds, it leads. And think about it, the companies that have reported earnings. Like Microsoft numbers weren't horrible. Mm-hmm. They, they missed. But, but not yet, as much as everyone feared. But the stock rallied on the news. Um, you know, Meta, of course, they were they were not good, which is Facebook. Facebook was not good. Their numbers were not good. The stock, and I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, they they're spending. And I, Nikki, you said something last night on our show. Two point is it two point nine billion and something that we don't even know if it exists. So they have invested so heavily in their Reality Labs group, which is what is. Gonna, it's a division that's building the metaverse, which doesn't exist yet. And their entire rebrand is all about the metaverse. And as a shareholder, I'd be pissed if you're going to rebrand on something that doesn't exist yet and that is losing money. That that program, the, the that division, the Reality Labs group, lost $1.9 billion. Wow. Sounds like some Emperor's New Clothes kind of shit to me. But metaverse? You mean it's a pretend world that you guys are <gasps> dumping billions of dollars Who's gonna into? Who's going to pay for that? Who's going to pay for that? I, I know. I watched the documentary I told you about last night. Yes. It was excruciating to get through it. It's uh, My Life in the Metaverse. It's on HBO Max. Okay. It was a shit show. Yeah, it's it just over talking like of all the different little users, and it is. So wait. Oh with, my god! Documentary gosh. that you were seeing somebody that, in the a metaverse. documentary documentarist. A, a, a I don't. The filmmaker did the documentary from within the metaverse. So he has his own little avatar and he's filming the other avatars in it. There's a wedding. These people, I will say, I'm happy to report, have met in real life post-nuptials. And it just, it was hard to watch. And I'm I'm genuinely intrigued by like Web3 and the metaverse, what it's going to look like. This was like watching a Sims game. But but that's a documentary. But, but isn't that basically what the metaverse is? It's it's just this pretend world where everybody can make their own avatar and make themselves as cool as they want. But in reality, they're still nerds, sea donkeys sitting in the the basement of their parents, you know, house. And right now, that's what it looks like. But I mean, one day I think it's going to become so crystal clear, like you feel like you're at the Great Wall of China. But I mean, we've got. And from your we're going to bring on Jesse later to talk more about this. But cryptos that people don't understand and are throwing money at. We've got NFTs that people are buying that are Bragging without rights. without true value. All it is is a flex, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hopefully you can sell it later. But Different than really? the metaverse, though. It's actually I, real. I think the metaverse is something that's going to become more entrenched as the younger generation gets older. Mm-hmm. When the kids that are like eight, nine years old now or 16, 17, 18, I think it'll be more incorporated, but I think we're still, you know, years off. Because they're already doing it. I mean, I know of a a high schooler that like he plays Beat Saber and all those little like VR games. So they're definitely going to be entrenched and it's only going to get better. Uh, Justin made a comment. We do have a guest in the second segment, Jesse Markowitz, 
from yourpersonalcryptoassistant.com is going to join us. He's a frequent guest on the show, and he always really gives us the ins and outs of what's going on in the crypto markets because we still believe there are maybe dozens of people out there still interested in the crypto market. Tens and tens. Tens and tens. <laughs> so let's talk about what happened. So um, we had the Fed, they raised rates yesterday, and then Thursday morning, which was the 28th, GDP we knew was coming out, and you know, first quarter was negative. We know that, and then revised lower. So the first quarter contracted by 1.6%. So to me, the reason would get me thinking that, hey, Q2 could be negative is that I was shocked that Q1 was negative. So, and I knew things were getting worse in Q2. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, we're probably gonna see negative quarter, holy smokes. That means that, you know, two negative, two consecutive negative quarters GDP is a definition of recession, which it is. However, not if you ask the White House, by the way, however, yeah, the White House is going to deny it. However, it really is not a recession until now the, the folks who coined this definition of recession two consecutive negative quarter GDP, the National Bureau of Economic Research. They're the ones they they come out, pronounce an official team of eight economists and those economists are chosen by the NBER and that group is called the Business Cycle Dating Committee weird uh, but that group has a responsibility for identifying recessions and have been doing so through the peaks and troughs of the u.s economy since 1978 you know i can tell you what the market did in 2018 sure mm -hmm. and that's what they're getting paid for and, and do we know that they're really getting paid though i mean it could just be the the I don't think they're doing it for the fun I, of it. I think it might just be the eight newest economists to like pop it's up. Hazing. Yeah, exactly. Now, you We're got a like dating hey, committee. You. <laughs> the, the, committee the committee generally generally waits a while after a recession has begun before they officially pronounce it. So look, and, and the reason, yes, we have two negative quarters GDP. That's a definition of recession. But does it feel like a recession? No. We have 3.6% unemployment. That is going to get bigger because that is the Fed who is inducing this recession. That's what the Fed is trying to do. So, you know, we believe that, yes, we'll probably have, and I saw the uh, Fed chairman or one of them saying that, we're probably going to avoid a financial uh, a crash-like recession. It may be more soft-ish landing, but we're not going to probably go to a standstill econ economic-wise. I, I felt like he, Jerome Powell was avoiding recession talk in his speech like the the reporters kept asking him pretty directly about what thoughts on recession and he was talking politically and totally avoiding and redirecting his answers allegedly they got the gdp numbers last night after on wednesday after they came out with their rate yeah. hike and you know of course this is a a first reading they'll have a couple more chances to to get those numbers more accurate again keep in mind they are coming up 28 days after a quarter ended, coming up with a number of how this the biggest economy in the world grew. Mm -hmm. And the reason we had negative, that's the other part, is, is the metrics behind these two quarters of negative GDP. First quarter was inventories. And now we see what's going on with Walmart news mm -hmm. and Target news. Warning. And we're going to hear from Amazon this afternoon, likely going to say the same story, same shtick. I'm very curious to see how what Amazon's take on the whole inventory debacle is. But again, these are all problems of these individual companies' own makings. They missed the mark. They did. They did. And look, they, they just overjudged the strength of the consumer. And I think it is wrong to bet against corporate America and as far as you know the the biggest and best 505 companies of corporate America the largest economy in the world but again none of these issues that are 
reflected in the GDP numbers have to do with the consumer. Consumers are still spending. They're spending more to buy the same things on the essentials, but they have not waned. Yeah, and now keep in mind that whether you think you're, we're in a recession or not, you know, I tend to think that we are starting a recession, and this is telling me that we're definitely starting a recession, but the bond market is telling us that a recession is coming because the bond market, when it was things were really hot, in back a month ago, mm-hmm. the 10-year Treasury, which took mortgage rates to almost 6.5%, the 10-year Treasury got to almost 3.5%, 3.48. That, that was June 8th. And now we've seen the bond market rally, which sends interest rates lower, and now we see rates at 275. That's a significant drop in the midst of the Fed hiking twice mm-hmm. at 150 basis points, 1.5%. Again, I think that's something that's relevant. And I, I think that this is applicable to the bond market as well as to equities is that they just don't like surprises. All of the things that are currently happening have been talked about for forever. It feels like it's only been since 2020 started. but It's baked into the cake. 2020, 2022. Yeah. Well, look, we're going to talk a lot more. And coming up uh, after this segment, we're going to bring Jesse Markowitz from yourpersonalcryptoassistant.com. But basically, there's a big week for earnings. Google reported they missed top and bottom line. Um, I was thought it was really just crazy. People are comparing Google and Snap. Are you kidding me? Snap's a, a piece of crap company. I, I don't even understand it. Go as ahead. far as how much market share that they have, Snap and Twitter each have less than 1% of digital ad spends online, and Google equates to almost 30%. Yeah. So, Do not compare those. So, no. you know, Microsoft came out with earnings, and they just they weren't great. But the stock has been on a tear since earnings came out. So that's good. I've, we talked Meta had uh, poor earnings. You know, Walmart warned. We talked about that. I mean, there, there's a lot going on. You had Tesla reported last week and has rallied seriously. And, of course, Tesla stock will split this week, August 4th. It will split. So we'll, uh, we'll talk more about all this. We have a lot more to go on the show today. You're listening to Stock Doctor's Prescription. When we come back, we'll have Jesse Markowitz from your personal cryptoassistant.com. Don't go anywhere. Coming right back. Hi, I'm Nikki Ward. If you'd like to work with a powerful female financial advisor that's legally bound to do what's in your best interest and will work with you to create a detailed financial plan that reflects your goals and risk tolerance, give me, Nikki Ward, a call at 888-855-2855 or shoot me an email at nikki at stockdr.com. Hey, everybody, we are back. You are listening to the Stock Doctor's Prescription. We appreciate everybody joining us. Remember, this show has dropped Monday, August 1st. It is being recorded Thursday, July 28th. At three, It's right now, 3.52 p.m., and uh, the markets are just about ready to close. But we have, again, a tremendous rally yesterday on the heels of the Fed rate hike, and it's following through today, which, guys, to me, that was a huge surprise. I, I expected, like last time, rally the day of and a big sell-off the day after. But right now, the Dow Jones, with eight minutes left, up 338 points. The NASDAQ up 124, which is over 1%. The S&P up over 1.2%, 48 points. The Russell up one2 So we're seeing some big moves across the board. 
especially with a, a negative GDP surprise, I thought we would see the markets roll over. Uh, you know, but I, mm-hmm. I was saying the whole time I hoped that we have negative GDP because that would tell me that the Fed is going to be a little bit more cautious raising rates. I think that that puts us closer to the end of the game than the middle or the beginning of the rate hike cycle. That's just me. It's definitely weird to have seen two 75 basis point hikes with with recession looming, mm-hmm. you know, with it absolutely basically pending. And that's what we've seen. Yeah. You know. All right. So we're going to bring on our very special guest. He is a frequent caller of the show. And uh, it's Jesse Markowitz. More than from, a caller. Yeah, no, a frequent Long guest. Long time listener. Yeah, yes. yes. Uh, a frequent guest. And uh, Jesse Markowitz from yourpersonalcryptoassistant.com. Jesse, how are you today? Very good. Thanks for having me on. Uh, we appreciate having you. And uh, we get your, your newsletters that come out, and it really is pretty good. And I, do you do that for only your subscribers or your, your clients, or do you do that for anybody that wants to see your, your data? It, it's a free subscription. Anyone who's interested, come by my website. There's a little form. Fill it out. I'm happy to add you to my list. Yeah. I send out a newsletter about every two to, two to three times a month. It's really good, too, by the way. It's so worth it. It's jam-packed full of great information. But, Jesse, I also got to give you some kudos because your website looks sharp, my yeah, man. Yeah, I noticed the difference oh, on it, Jesse. You. I, I just I just did a, a whole redo last week. Yes, it I saw shows. it. I saw it. Good job. Yeah, because your last one wasn't Thank very you. good. This one's really good. I like it. <laughs> I'm not going to go that far. I mean, your name could still use some work, but I like it. Yeah. The website is fantastic. By the way, the website is your personal cryptoassistant.com your personal cryptoassistant.com now what Jesse does he he's not a, an advisor he's not a money manager he is somebody that can consult he's a consultant in crypto so if somebody wants to get started in crypto or wants to figure out how to get started what to do he's not going to give a bunch of buy recommendations i don't think Jesse unless you've changed but you basically guide no. people what you're what are they looking for and you kind of guide them correct correct okay so that being said, tell me what's going on with crypto because you know it was a uh, last year we had the big run in Bitcoin and all of them for that matter, and then the Dogecoin nonsense that was going on, and and since then, and crypto was trading inversely to the market, and now it seems to be trading with the market. So it seems to be when it's risk on, uh, the cryptos and the market rally or sell off at the same time. What's going on? It does. We've had a lot of excitement last year. And a big run up. Bitcoin went all the way up to about sixty-seven thousand dollars for Bitcoin, which is pretty, pretty amazing. Um, it did not go up higher, which, and as as you recall, we had a bet going on on that that I lost. <laughs> I thought it was going to keep going up at that point. Well, um, you're not alone. A lot did, of people thought it was going a hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah, but it, but it did come back down. Um, I think long term, you're going to see a break between Bitcoin and the market. But you're absolutely right. What we've seen recently has been it hasn't very correlated. It is definitely a risky asset. And so it's very much been a risk on risk off type of a thing that we've seen. Over the last six months, it has gone down. Uh, there's a lot of people talking now that maybe we've hit a bottom. Um, it's kind of bounced down as low as just under 15,000 at one point, coming from 67,000, that's a, a big chunk down. Well, you know, it's, um, Bitcoin has a history since it started trading, it has these 60 70 percent corrections actually this 80 percent yeah, yeah last time it happened was 2018 i believe it, it happened something similar mm-hmm. yeah bitcoin tends to go through these four-year cycles and that is tied to the rewards that you get for mining bitcoin um that are again on a, on a four-year cycle so it tends to go through that 
there are people talking that maybe this time it's different, that maybe that's <laughs> oh, the time for the cycle to break. <laughs> it's never different <laughs> but, this time. But so far, but so far that hasn't happened. At some point it may, but 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 not yet. So we did have a big drawdown. This time what we've seen is that there have been a lot more and bigger companies involved in Bitcoin as part of the 2021 run-up. So as part of this crash cyclical thing that's happened, a lot of those companies that were heavily invested, many of them very heavily leveraged, uh, had issues when the price of Bitcoin came down and they couldn't make their margin payments and they got margined out. Jesse, so, would you yeah. say that with Celsius, what just happened with Celsius is like the Bernie oh Madoff of crypto? Because it sounds like a Ponzi scheme to me. And Celsius is the stable coin? No, Celsius was, they were a company that was offering 18.59% interest in order for you to lend them your crypto. Okay, that's right, that's right. I don't know enough of the inner workings to say it was a Ponzi scheme or Bernie Madoff or anything like that. So I can't say that definitively. I can tell you that the folks that I talked to and advised about situations like this, Mm -hmm. the advice that I give, again, not a financial advisor, but I do warn people that if it sounds too good to be true, (laughs) it very well might be too good to be true. Absolutely. The other thing which I remind people very often on this stuff also is just, you don't get a 20% return like that for free. There's going to be some risk. And if you understand what the risk is and you're comfortable with that and you've got ways that you can manage that, through portfolio management or timing and how you watch it, whatever else, that's fine. But for the casual person to kind of just jump in and assume that they're going to make these crazy rates of return with no risk is is very unrealistic. It's good to know that there is still no such thing as a free lunch. But I also am curious, though, what you think. So, you know, I think everyone's heard the crypto winter. What do you think it will take in order for us to see a crypto spring? I, I think we're going to see that probably around the tail end of this year. I think the thing which is going to happen on that is what's been happening long term for a long time now, the overall adoption mm-hmm. worldwide as well as in the U.S. It's becoming more and more um, simple to use. It's becoming more common to use. There's a couple of new technologies that have come out that have made it cheaper and faster as well. Um, Bitcoin in particular, but a lot of the other cryptocurrencies have been working very hard to make adoption easier. So now you've got PayPal, you've got Cash App, you've got Strike, you've got Venmo, um, a lot of different um, payment apps that before mm-hmm. were kind of like, yeah, I don't know about this crypto thing, are now like, oh yeah, let's do it. Jesse, so do you, I think you're going to see a lot more on that. Do you think part of this whole crypto, we'll call it a, a decline, had the just a lack of confidence because these stable coins, which are supposed to be stable coins. Pegged to something. Right. They just uh, basically tanked it. I mean, you, you know, you're not supposed to lose money in those. And all of a sudden people are losing, was it 90% or 95% of their money in one of those stable coins? Yeah. Yeah. It was um, UST. Uh, okay. Terra Luna was the uh, was that particular one. And one of the things that people don't realize sometimes that they, they should is that there is no FDIC. There's no... Um, SEC regulation. This stuff is much less regulated. There's a lot less disclosures. There's no U.S. government backing right. on it. And so if something goes south, it can go south and go south very quickly. And that's that's definitely a big, a big concern. The other thing that people should be aware of is that this is not like a bank account or a brokerage account 
where the fiduciary responsibility, like, like as a brokerage account, if I've got my stocks with the brokerage account, the brokerage account goes bankrupt. The funds and the stocks that I have with that brokerage account are still mine. It may take a while for them to like settle it all out and get it back to me, but that's still mine. And in terms of a bankruptcy, it's still mine. Coinbase had a, uh, a filing at the uh, end of March this year where one of the things that they stated was as part of the risks that their customers who have Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies with them could be considered unsecured creditors in case of a bankruptcy. Jesse, That's very scary. I think that that is so important that you mentioned that. And I think it also speaks to what you do in the sense that, you know, most people that are utilizing Coinbase are probably not reading those filings. They're not looking for those details. And it's... no pertinent and quite frankly terrifying so that's something where i feel like you really add value as that guide for people that are navigating these complex waters absolutely that that's really where i see my role is in terms of educating and helping people with that i actually put together a uh, protect your crypto checklist not that long ago oh, nice. so if folks are interested go to my website you can download that and uh and get a copy of that as well by the way, that's by for, your, for personal, your personal cryptoassistant.com, uh, your personal cryptoassistant.com. And Jesse does a lot of things. So, uh, Jesse, when you – so you, you get people all the time, I'm sure, they say, hey, I have a traditional – I have an IRA, I have a brokerage account, mm -hmm. and I'm sure they ask your opinion. Say, listen, how much of my net worth should I put in various cryptocurrencies? And I, I know what money managers are saying. What are you telling people? At, at this point, for most people, I'm advising a maximum in terms of net worth in a 5% type of a range. If okay. they want to be very aggressive and they're younger, they want to go 10%. I, I don't think that's unreasonable. Um, but and you would spread that I out really, amongst different coins? Or are you saying, hey, I, just go with this one? I, I, would, I, was, I would spread that perhaps across a couple different coins, but primarily at this point, Bitcoin. Bitcoin is very much the, uh, the big player in the market. If you look at the total market cap across all the various cryptos, uh, Bitcoin's got over 40% right yeah. off the bat. And that's the one that it appears at this point to have the least regulatory risk as well. And that's the next thing, which I think is going to be a concern for a lot of people. Yeah. And of course, the uh, the spot ETFs are going to be coming out, it looks like, at some point mm -hmm. here, probably. At some point, but they just kicked the can down the road on that one. <laughs> at, at, at some point, they're going to have to do it. I mean, they've, they've done it in a number of other countries overseas um, and just not in the US. And it's really a, a bit crazy because they'll do a futures uh, mm -hmm. ETF for Bitcoin, but not a spot. And it, it, makes, no, it makes no sense to me whatsoever. It's it wild no to me sense. that the SEC is still like arguing amongst themselves on if it's a security or not. I mean, I think we need to start there. We really don't have any kind of framework in order to move forward with it. And yet we're lagging behind other countries that at bare minimum have done that. The next time that we have you, Jesse, I want to talk about when someone buys Bitcoin on, you know, a Robinhood, a PayPal, what mm -hmm. the mining behind that looks like. And you're going to walk us through. And I'm <laughs> so excited. It's a longer conversation and I cannot wait. I, I do. A, I do a number of courses. I'm actually at my, my local com, uh, community college actually asked me to do a course. I'm doing one for them coming up pretty soon. Yeah, Let me know. I will go sit in on it. <laughs> So, so, I, will, I, I will, I will, I will, I will send you that link. Actually, I'll probably post it up on my website as well. No worries, uh, I'll scour the website go, for will, it. 
that will go into much more detail, but we can absolutely on the next talk, next call, happy to talk through at least a high level of mm-hmm. what is Bitcoin mining? What, what is a blockchain? Yes. Really? That'd be great. Chain what? That'd be great. Yeah. And by the way, we'll uh, check out Jesse Markowitz's new website. It's re- actually it's really good and great information. Your personal crypto assistant.com. If you don't remember this, just call the office. We'll direct you to Jesse Markowitz and he will help you get started. If you're looking to do something with Bitcoin or a, a crypto type portfolio, he can make sure, first of all, how to store it. Mm-hmm. Make sure you don't screw yep. up that way because that's a lot of pitfalls there. Yep. Yes. And, and a bunch more. So, uh, Jesse, we really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks, Jesse. Thanks. He's uh, he's really, really knowledgeable. Gosh, and every time we have him on, I just want to sit there and just blab his ear off and get him to talk to us. Uh, you know what? And the fact that he is uh, the newsletters, they're comprehensive. So much information. A ton of information. And we've been... Uh, we, we've, you know, we've had them on several times, so I'm, I'm pleased about that. All right, so we have uh, news out of Amazon. Aaron, what do you got going on there? Yes, the revenue they beat, um, 121 billion versus 119 billion. Um, earnings per share was negative 20 cents. Now I don't know it. They, I haven't seen what they were estimating on that, um, but they also did raise guidance. Um, from 125 billion to 130 billion versus 126. I'm sorry. What was the uh, earnings? Uh, 20. Negative 20. Okay. 20 negative cent. 20. Okay. So there must be. Uh, well, the stock is trading up big time after hours. It's like up 11, 12 percent. It's kind of bouncing around there. Yeah, I see it up uh, 12 dollars. It closed today at 122. Amazon uh, trading at 134. They're, uh, they're, so, look, this just came out, so we don't have all the information, obviously. We don't know uh, inventory situation. We do know that uh, the stock is trading higher. That doesn't mean it's going to trade higher tomorrow. Things like this happen. And uh, we're going to be we're gonna stay on hold with you guys for a little while because I do want to get to Apple earnings. they got to be coming out any minute now, usually uh, around quarter after. So what we'll do is if we can find out some more stuff about Amazon, yep. Aaron, we'll get to that. A- in the meantime... Uh, we did mention that Tesla will be splitting their stock next week. So Tesla's going to be doing a executing a three for one stock split on August 4th. What day does August 4th fall on? Uh, I think it's Thursday. Yeah. First is Monday. So Thursday. Okay. So that was fast. It did, it did like pretty quick. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Because they had to get shareholder approval. That was pretty quick. I mean, who's what shareholder is not going to approve a stock split? Right. It doesn't make sense. Right. So uh, it is going to be a three for one. So today. Uh, Tesla had a pretty good day, up 18 at 842. Remember, Tesla's heavily shorted. Pretty good day, up 18. Uh, right. Well, they are, they're pretty heavily shorted, and going into earnings, those shorts got absolutely pummeled. I never... Stock gapped up on that. I never feel bad for shorters when they get their teeth kicked in. No. Is, you know, like, never. I just never feel bad for them. And by the way, talking about, back to Amazon, uh, over the past 90 days... There have been 31 analyst revisions on their earnings and, and revenues on their numbers. Zero upside got upside revise. Yeah. Zero. Every revision is lower. So um, and last quarter they missed by 80 cents a share and they missed on revenues by six hundred and twenty two million dollars. It's definitely the ugly stepchild of the the fang that I've re renamed to man because now 
That's all the letters. Man. Man. How many Meta. All of them. Yeah. Let's talk about Amazon. Apple. Alphabet. Okay. Let's. uh, We got a question too. Man. We're we're waiting. Netflix at the end. We are waiting uh, Apple earnings, but we have a a listener question too. Let's do that real quick. Uh, George from Altamont Springs asks, do you feel okay about owning the big tech stocks at current level? I thought it was pertinent. That's why I brought it up. Sure. And uh, they all seem to be down quite a bit, but all are starting to look, but they're all still good companies. George, you're right. I mean, they are good companies. We know that the ones that you're the man, man, man that uh, Nikki was talking about, which is, uh, of course, Meta. <laughs> I call it Facebook. Yeah. Amazon, Apple, Netflix, which is. No, no, but you missed, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. It's the one you still call Google. Oh, yeah. Alphabet. Yeah. So the first two, it's, you know, the first two you Meta, which we, we still call use. Facebook. And Alphabet, which we still call Google. By the way, this just in, Justin. Yep. Since earnings, part of that, man, mm-hmm. Netflix has rallied hard yeah. since uh, since earnings. I mean, they got down to 169 and now today closed at 226. I mean, it's had a big move. Look, the stock got pummeled, but it didn't seem, and when they talked about their 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 subscriptions, mm-hmm. weren't as bad. Again, this is going back to Not the as we talked as. about. <laughs> things aren't as bad as the analysts are trying to portray them. That's that doesn't the mean next quarter is not going to be bad. So maybe we should just like equate analysts with the um, news media that likes to hype up stuff that's really sort of in you know not that important. I mean, I put all the talking heads kind of on the same equivalency yeah. as far as just chicken littles, the sky is falling. I know. Well, I think negativity. I, th- I think is a lot of the addictive. time, I think a lot of the time, the analysts are trying to make a name for themselves, and if they say something that's frivolous, you may just remember them. Mm-hmm. And there's a fifty percent chance that they're going to be right. So they just kind of throw it out there. And if they're right, they're never going to let you forget it. Oh, yeah. That's the thing is the, the these talking heads only have to be hit one big time to make a name and then forget about all the times they were wrong. Well, I see the guys on CNBC last night I was watching. They were saying, uh, say, well, we said that we thought the market's going to rally here. I mean, <laughs> I was thinking, wait a minute. When? They said, roll when? back the tape. I'm thinking... A month ago, when things were at its worst, yeah, going, I think the market is getting worse. Oh, it's terrible. It's not the end. Blah blah blah, blah blah. You know, I mean, Jesus. It, what I think what has happened doesn't mean we're not going to go down from here. And in fact, I think we're extended now. I think we're overbought short term. Yeah. So we're we're likely. Well, I thought today'd be a day to go down. We're up seven percent in one month. Surprised. So, but I will say this: I I don't I think that we've seen the lows for the cycle now. I can feel comfortable saying that June sixth day. Or I think it was June sixth or June eighth or June ninth. That was the low probably for the cycle. So then you waiting. take that number in June and go 12 months from that June number, the market's probably going to be up 20, 25% from that June number. I keep waiting for him to say, called the bottom. No, because I, I don't call bottoms. I don't. I say I think the market's bottom. You bottoming. just admire them. Yeah. Uh, yes. The J-Lo, I, I coined the phrase. <laughs> Here we go. The Jennifer Lopez rounded bottom. And that's yeah. something that is very, He'll very. Never important. let you forget it. No, in his next book, he's going to you know, publish the exact explanation of a j-lo that better be in his obituary no <laughs> on his headstone no. absolutely i already know what's going to be there <laughs> ford, ford reported earnings yesterday and uh we're pretty good there despite them laying off eight thousand people their ev section they're really gonna they're really investing heavily in ev and they're predicting that they're going to maintain pretty healthy margins and the stock has done really well mm-hmm. i think down here at these levels they rate increase their dividend uh ford closed up today six percent just under 14 bucks. Looks interesting. That Man. Ford electric truck? That lightning? Lightning. lightning. I, I want one of those. I told you guys, I saw, I saw a Rivian finally. It's like seeing a unicorn. It is, and it's beautiful. I've never seen it. I've never seen one in real life. I saw it at Costco, in the Costco parking lot. Now, the Costco by us 
the parking spots are tiny. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know about that. My truck, my big okay, truck. Your big truck. Right. But the Rivian fits right in there. It's it's not that big. It's like a Ford, almost like a Ford Ranger, it seems like. Maybe. It may be sort it's of It's a little bigger between. than that, I feel like. Okay, but it's not like a big like, tr- like my truck. It's probably like the older style, the late 90s, the late 90 model truck. Like that full-size truck at that time is probably you, closer to the size. Yeah. Still we, we hadn't super-sized it yet. Yeah. Right. It was great because I, I, I was we're going to Costco, and my wife said, what are you doing? I go. I think that's a Rivian. She goes, a what? She has no idea, of course. No, right. And I, I had to go walk over and look at it, and I wanted to touch it. <laughs> I mean, because like, wait a minute. What did you think? I've it heard about feel? these. It, it, like a little electricity, your hair right? stands yeah. up. <laughs> You've heard about them. I, I'm just so glad you didn't take a picture of it, because I always, when I see a guy taking a picture of another person's car, I'm like, what are you going to do with that yeah. picture later? Like, what, what is this? Do you unless really, it's a do really you, cool classic car. Do you really want to know what they're going to do with that picture later? No, I just want to oh. go mock them. Unless it's a really cool classic car that I want to show Justin. Yeah. I'm not taking a picture of somebody's car. Eh, I've I mean, like, pictures. in a parking lot. Like, it's one thing if you're going to, like, a car I, show. It's another if you're, like, in the Costco parking lot taking I a picture of someone's I have multiple car. pictures of the brand new C8. When it first came out, yeah. if I was driving okay, and I saw have a one, of one of those okay, too, yeah. there you go, there you go. Yeah. That's different. By yeah. the way, you can reach us at the office if we can help you with any of your portfolio analysis. We can help you with uh, portfolio reviews, risk tolerance. We you can, can do quantify that. Quantify your risk. Quantify. We have a, a certified financial planner here no, on staff. No, no, no. We have someone who has passed her certified certified financial planning exam. I can't use the marks just quite yet. Oh Jesus! But you passed it. I did. But come I, back and say you failed. It's good enough. No, but they can't come back and say you used it prior to you having it, and now we're going to take it away from you. So I'm not messing around. I did not spend 18 really? months. They can't take it away if you don't this. have it yet. Exactly, but they <laughs> will maybe down the line. So anyway, I like Ford at these levels. I think on any kind of pullback, or even around here, you could probably own it. Again, anything we talk about on the show, we got to make sure it's suitable for you. And we're going to wrap things up here in a moment, just waiting for for uh, the Apple in, to come out, and it's, right. it's coming out any any minute now. Any, it looks any like. second. Any it second. Be. Usually a quarter after. Well, we have enough to talk about with Amazon, though. Holy moly. They knocked a cover off the ball. 10%. Yeah. That's great. Amazon's one of our holdings. Our, right. We do have a... Uh, let's see what... Amazon now is our seventh, seventh largest individual stock position. Now, keep in mind, Amazon and Google both split 20 for 1 over the last few months. They did that because they want to be part of the Dow Jones Industrial Average. It is a prestigious thing, even though it's horseshit. But the Dow Jones Industrial <laughs> Average, it's, it is irrelevant. Uh, but they will be replacing the speculation. They'll be replacing travelers and Dow Chemical. Hmm. With, with what? With Amazon. Google and Amazon. Right. Okay. But, I mean, that's what you said back when we first started talking about Yeah, that's why they did it. You the Dow. That. I didn't know what they're going to replace. But, you know, you kind of think that, you know, it's the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Not really anymore. No. I mean, what's industrial about it? There's nothing. I mean, Dow chemicals. Chemical. <laughs> chemical. Yeah. Guess who's getting replaced? The it's Caterpillar. About to, it's about to be Nasdaq. Cat, yeah. Nasdaq light. Cat is definitely Nasdaq industrial. plus. But I mean, Apple's on it. Intel's on it. I mean, it's and now when you get Amazon, which Walmart's on it. Well, it's indicative of the industrial revolution. It, no, it was, and you remember back in the day, it was railroads. Right, and now it's just more indicative of what industries look like today let's talk about the chip stocks while we're waiting for apple uh qualcomm came out with numbers and yes they missed and yes there are supply chain issues we know all this but qualcomm trades at like 11 times forward earnings it's it's ridiculous and the stock was down a little bit today not much considering that it rallied from 118 to 160 pre-earnings so to give back a little bit i'm okay with that and keep in mind folks when we say that 
we talked, hey, this this potential recession, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of that gets priced in in advance. So just because they're saying, hey, we're in a recession, usually that's when the market's going to start rallying. Okay, we got it. Nope. Oh, it's 12 minutes. Uh, all right. Way we too far away. We're not going to wait. Yeah, we're not going to wait that long. I thought it was going to be at 4.15. Anyway, so um, we appreciate everybody joining us today. We will be back next week, and we will talk about Apple earnings. I promise you, on behalf of Justin, Aaron, and Nikki, I am Lee Seiler, also known as the Stock Doctor. Give us a call at the office, 407-831-8002. 407-831-8002. We'll see you next week. Hi, I'm the Stock Doctor. As a thank you for listening to the show, we'd like to offer you a little something for free. Ideally, we would like you to trust us to manage your money. But if you're a hands-on type who wants to make those buy and sell decisions, you can still benefit from my decades of experience. Call 888-855-2855 and ask for the Stock Doctor's 30 Tips for Investing. 888-855-2855 and we'll send you a free copy. 